2: It's your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
0: Let's go. Joining me right now, New York Giants fans, you know exactly who this guy is. He's the host of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast. From, New- from North Jersey, I was about to say NJ.com. From NorthJersey.com, it's Art Stapleton, New York Giants and NFL beat writer. What's up, Art?
2: What's up, Keith? Happy Friday and jumping around. Yes, jumping, sir. Jumping around. Hey,
0: thanks, thanks for joining me, first off. I've been, been wanting to have you on for a while. I've been following you on Twitter. Um, we've interacted on Twitter a couple times. You're a Yankees fan, right?
2: That is correct. That's I where Yankees
0: I thought. fan. That's, that's where I thought we connected first through some Yankees stuff. Um, I'm not a Giants fan, but I work at the fan, so we talk about the Giants, and that's what we're going to do. I hear you. Let's start off with this. I, I saw a couple things that you've written about, and uh, I opened my show tonight talking about the attendance in the NFL and how the Jets and the Giants are in the top four uh, this season for attendance. And the Jets are fourth, or the the Jets are second, the Giants are fourth, Yeah, 337 is how many fans they're averaging, and they'll need all those fans to show up to MetLife on Sunday. Uh, What are you thinking about the fans coming back to the place, the change that you've seen with the fans, obviously, from the last few years with the different coaches, and just the fan base being re-energized around Daves and these New York football giants?
2: Yeah, it's actually really been pretty cool, to be honest. Uh, You know, over the last decade, MetLife Stadium has certainly deserved its share of criticism uh, and really more the teams and and the building itself. You know, the giant air conditioner on Route 3, right? I mean, that's pretty much what it looks like. Uh, And for the Giants, the last two years, you know, you're talking about no fans during the pandemic. And then last year, uh, a lot of empty seats down the stretch of a season that certainly did not turn out as well as they had hoped. Um, having been on this beat since uh, Super Bowl forty-six, I can tell you that the first half, the four home games for the Giants, I, I have not seen a Giants crowd this energized, this electric, uh, since the Super Bowl season. And I think some of the games so far have really surpassed it. The best stat, you know, how do you quantify it, right, Keith? Uh, you go back to... When Seattle earned the 12s reputation back in 2005, Giants fans don't want to be reminded, but there was a game that the Giants played in Seattle, and there were 11 false start penalties on the Giants on the, the offensive unit in general, mostly on the offensive line, uh, because of the, the crowd noise. And I'm not comparing the crowd noise for the Giants this year, but so far, they are tied for third in the NFL for most opponents' false start penalties with eight. And last year they only had four for the entire season. So this crowd has been loud. They've been into it. They've been engaged. And obviously the winning helps. But I I do think that it's been a big part of their good start to this first half.
0: Yeah, it gets crazy in there. I was there for Monday Night Football when they faced Dallas. They had the towels going. Uh, LT on the screen, hyping the fans up, and you could feel it and hear it. And I think teams fear that, right? Coming into an uh, opposing territory like that, like you said, uh, just being able to call plays and being able to execute under that type of pressure is hard to do. And now you have a Texans team coming in, one of the worst teams in the NFL, a team that I don't think is actually trying to win. I think that they're trying to lose games so that they can get rid of their head coach. Uh, bring in McCown so that they can get a top pick Mm. and possibly get another quarterback. I look at this game as maybe it could be a trap game. I'm hearing a lot of conversation today on the fan and uh, I guess leading up to this week about the Giants coming out of the bye and how they have to be ready for this game and they have to beat this team and they're favored now. And I think they will. I just don't think that, the Texans match up well against them. I think that the Giants are going to be able to run the ball and control the game, and it's not going to come down to the fourth quarter. But what are your thoughts about this matchup between Houston and New York?
2: Yeah, you know, look, this is a a test for Brian Dable and his coaching staff. I mean, you're coming out of the bye week. Uh, You know, everybody wants to look at every game that they've played this season. And I'll even throw Seattle into the mix. You know, if Richie James doesn't fumble that second punt, uh, this game is going right down to the wire again. Instead, the Giants fumble the punt and give Seattle credit. They punch it in for another touchdown and get to a point where it's a double-digit loss for the Giants. Uh, But overall, they've been close in every game. Dable has been able to keep this team up. Uh, with the teams that they've played, I mean, you look back at the Bears. When they played the Bears, people were wondering if, if, you know, Justin Fields was a functional quarterback in the NFL a month later, and now all of a sudden Justin Fields is hitting his peak. So I think you got to give the Giants a little credit maybe for meeting some of those challenges emotionally. Uh, but, yeah, on paper, you know, Dable said it today. You know, look, you have Saquon Barkley – than one of the top rushing offenses in the league, uh, going against a defense that can't stop the run, most people will look at that and say, "Well, just run the football and you're going to win the game," uh, you know. But obviously, we watch the NFL enough; we know it's not that simple. Can it be? You know, the one thing that Saquon Barkley talked about today that I thought was very interesting is that sometimes teams will overcompensate. For their weaknesses and in the texans case they overcompensate by trying to crowd the box especially against a guy like barkley so he knows that there are going to be plays where when he breaks the huddle and he sees the safeties creeping up that the giants aren't necessarily going to look to hit teams over the top with their passing game but saquon will know okay this is the one guy i have to beat To hit a home run. Mm -hmm. And we know Saquon is a home run hitter. I think that's where the Texans are going to have problems on Sunday. If they don't make that initial tackle and that initial stop, I think Saquon could really give them a lot of problems.
0: I think he'll have a big day, and I think the rested New York football giants will have a big day coming off the bye. I know the Texans last played on Thursday night football, so they got a couple extra days. I just don't think they're a team that's going to come on the road, Uh, into MetLife Stadium and really actually be able to compete. Now, you mentioned Richie James returning punts. I was watching that game, and I'm like, he's fired. I understand he was concussed, and I feel bad about the injury part of that, but I just feel like you can't ever let him uh, return punts again. You had two opportunities in that game where you coughed the ball up. I think I saw that Darnay Holmes is going to be the guy, but I also saw... Adoree Jackson, uh, Adoree Adore Jackson, and I yeah. think Adoree Jackson can be a fun guy if he gets uh, the ball in open space returning punts for the Giants. Who who do you think is going to be the guy and who would you like to see?
2: Now, Keith, if I'm being honest with you, you're watching practice and, you know, most of the time they start the, the media viewing period, which is usually only around 20 minutes, they started with special teams. Well, that was great for us this week because we got to watch their punt returns and see who was lining up. And you nailed the two guys that are on the game-day roster, are part of the defense, so they're going to be active for the game and playing. So Holmes is certainly somebody to look at. Adoree, you know, Dable was asked that today because Adoree Jackson plays such a big role on defense, he's your number one corner, would you not want to risk him as a punt returner? And he said, no, if he's our best punt returner, I have no problem. He brought up Troy Brown in Dable's days in New England, when Troy Brown was one of the leading receivers on the team, they also had him as punt returner, they even had Troy Brown playing corner. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, Belichick, the way that works. Um, but I think, in terms of the punt returner, the guy I'd like to see is a rookie, but he's on the practice squad. Is Khalil Pimpleton, and he was a guy who started the year at uh, Detroit and ended up getting cut at the end of training camp. I don't know if anybody remembers watching Hard the Lions on Hard Knocks. Pimpleton was the was the kid who, uh, when they had the rookie, uh, not, not he, so much uh, you know rookie stage show, I yeah. guess you would call it, right? He's the one who was juggling on stage, refused jokingly, refused to give his uh, rookie signing bonus, then basically said it was 15K. <laughs> you know? um, he is a proven returner from college, and he's a guy that I would love to see get an opportunity. The problem is, is that the numbers game, with no McKinney this week, and so now they're going to have to figure out how to kind of move guys around. Landon Collins is on his third. Uh, practice squad elevation, you would imagine he comes up, uh, and then they're going to have to look at tight end as well, uh, so I don't know if they can move Pimpleton up as an as an elevation, so my gut tells me it might be a Dory Jackson, uh, just based on listening to what guys were saying and uh, I think maybe they try to throw us off a little bit by having Holmes be the first guy up and punt returns, uh, but I, I think it's not going to be a perfect situation because Both of those guys put the ball on the ground in practice, uh, the last two practices that we saw. So uh, I think it's Jackson, uh, and I think with his kind of big game
0: uh,
2: mentality from USC, he was a tremendous returner at USC, electric. Uh, So I think maybe they're looking for a little bit of lightning in a bottle if they put a Dory out there. Uh, I think really those are the only two guys this week that would be an option. Yeah,
0: I talked to uh Dan Dugan earlier this week about uh Pimpleton and I was rooting for him in hard knocks. He he was a you know kid that was literally, you know, what the show is about, like on the cusp of making the team or not making the team and he was cut. And I love that they showed, you know, this like extended hard knocks of him coming to New Jersey and yeah. trying out and, and signing with the Giants. So from him as a receiver, one receiver to another, let's talk Kenny Galladay and his prospects for this Sunday. Um I think he's just a huge question mark. It's his first game back. He's missed a few weeks. A lot of people are saying he's washed. I don't feel like he's washed. I feel like he can still contribute, even if he's just a decoy, even if he's not baby Tron, you know, taking over the games right. like he did in Detroit. Uh, he's got a high price tag. What are you expecting to see out of him in his first week back?
2: Uh, you said it. It's a question mark. Um, you know, when Kenny Holliday was was healthy, you know, we weren't sure what he was going to get in this, you know, in this, uh, system. Uh, because in the beginning of the season, you know, first, first game of the season, his snaps were down. Um, then, you know, they were trading back and forth in terms of Tony, Tony's participation was up. Uh, but I think, you know, Galladay has shown, especially the last game that he played in, in which he got hurt, is that he was out there and he was, he was blocking his butt off. Mm -hmm. And it was a little surprising to see Galladay do that because that's not really part of what you would anticipate his game being. Uh, So I do think the Giants are going to give him an opportunity. I think when he was at his best last season, I think there were times where um, he was good on, you know, running some slants, running some intermediate stuff over the middle, not necessarily throwing go routes, you know, jump balls. I I wouldn't go that route. um, But, I think look, the numbers game is there at receiver that if Galladay comes out and makes some plays, they're gonna give him more opportunities. It's just a matter of can Galladay cash in on those opportunities. You remember back to the Dallas game, you know, when he had that drop uh at the sticks that really short circuited one of the Giants drives, um, there was a lot of heat on Galladay at that point. Yep. You know, he bounced back I thought he had a pretty good game against Baltimore before hurting his, his knee. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see, but it's definitely a question mark. I mean, if you think that's going to rescue this offense uh, after what we've seen from Galladay to this point in a Giants uniform, I think you're probably uh, taking a big leap of faith that, that really doesn't have a, uh, you know, much, much credence right now.
0: Okay, from one Giants receiver to a former Giants receiver that might be coming back to the Giants. You've been pretty outspoken on Twitter about Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, we've just heard now it seems like it's between the Cowboys and Giants, right? We, we've we heard Saquon was at his birthday party, and we've seen Micah Parsons now speak out. Uh, I opened my show, I said Kenny Galladay, or not Kenny Galladay, Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. The two receivers on Dallas are talking about, yeah, we'd love to have him in the room. Ezekiel Elliott, like, the Cowboys seem like they're really on his trail. Um, I I don't know. I look at it like this. Odell Beckham Jr., he is a – how do I say this? He is a guy that's going to attract a lot of attention. He's a star in the league. And I think he's someone that, like, is very tapped in on his own journey And I don't know if he's going to want to go backwards. I don't know if he's going to want to uh, relive some of the things that he experienced um, with the Giants. He was traded. And also, I like what you said about the Giants, right? Um, You know, his friends on the team being Saquon and Sterling Shepard, it's not a guarantee that they're back here, right? So if he was to sign with the Giants this year and those guys go elsewhere, then he's here and they're not here. You know, he might be looking to maximize his brand, and I heard him say on the podcast that he's looking for somewhere that he could be for the next three to four years, buy a house. He's got a young kid. He just turned 30. Uh, Maybe he wants to live in Frisco, Texas. What are your thoughts on Odell Beckham Jr., where he'll land, um, and his prospects on reuniting with the Giants?
2: The best thing that happened to Odell Beckham Jr. is Mr. Jerry Jones getting involved this week and going out there and talking about how, how good that star would look on Odell's helmet. Because you know as well as I do, and I know you follow the Cowboys very well, that Jerry Jones, if he has a toy out there that he wants to bring in to the building he will go above and beyond and at times he will ignore the football people around him to get what he wants and I think that's the biggest difference between the Cowboys and anybody else that's on Odell's trail right now is that you know, look, this guy just tore his ACL for the second time the first one really wasn't fully repaired in February so as much expectation as there is is for Odell and I do think he can have an impact later on this season. This is not Odell signing a contract and then all of a sudden on the practice field and be out there in a game situation contributing for a team. So I think he's got to be smart with where he's deciding. And I do think that if it's a long-term deal that he wants, and if he is convinced that, you know what, I want to write this story, I want to come back to New York, the guy who got rid of me, or at least was at the forefront, is no longer in the franchise, and that was former GM Dave Gettleman, then maybe the Giants could convince Odell to come. But the reality is, I think it's going to come down to money. And it's going to come down to the contract. And if he thinks he could win, you know, the bottom line is he's not necessarily looking to win a Super Bowl in 2022 slash 23. But if he's going to sign a long, longer term deal, he's going to sign it with a team that's, you know, on the up. You know, you're not going to sign. I don't see Odell signing with Houston. You know, that, that's right. not going to happen. Uh, so to answer your question, Keith, I, I, this thing has kind of taken on a little bit of a life of its own. And I'm surprised. That, you know, look, a month ago, I thought the Rams would be, it was only a matter of time before he ended up in the Rams again and went back to L.A. Uh, But with the Rams kind of taking a turn and, you know, really being on the outs right now after losing to Tampa Bay, I'm not sure that's a possibility for him to go back there. I don't know if he wants to go back there considering where they're at. Um, Now they're talking McVay may may retire this year after all the talk last year after the Super Bowl, Um, so I think he ends up in Dallas. I know Giants fans are not going to be happy about it. Uh, You know, especially the younger generation is not used to seeing players go to the Cowboys. I mean, I think the older generation, you know, remembers when Bill Parcells was in Dallas and Mark Bavaro played for the Eagles and Carl Banks was in Washington. I mean, these things happen more nowadays, but. Um, I think he's going to be a Cowboy, uh, either the Cowboys or the Bills. And remember, he wants to have a home. He wants to plan his roots. He doesn't necessarily have to plan his roots in the same city where he's playing either. It's just a matter of getting that one last contract that he can actually look at as the security, the financial security that he he wants from his contract. Um, So uh, right now, if I had to handicap it, I'd say Cowboys, Bills, and the Giants are a long shot. Uh, but they're in the race. A month ago, I would have told you there's no shot. Um, there's a shot, but it's really more about long, longer-term deal rather than 2022.
0: The Giants don't need them. They've got a couple guys, and they've got more guys that they will have with the draft and free agency in the future with the Giants. I think this is a must-win game coming up this Sunday, and I think they will win, Art. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for taking out the time tonight. And I uh, look forward to speaking to you soon.
2: Absolutely, Keith. Anytime, man.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Art Stapleton.